grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You've probably heard the Andy Williams song many times that says it's the most wonderful time of the year. Not listed in the reasons for this being the most wonderful time of the year is the birth of Jesus. Perhaps he meant the nativity of our Lord when he sings and tales of the glories of the Christmases long, long ago. But that is far from clear because he says Christmas is in the plural and there was only one Christmas long, long ago in which Jesus was born. Anyway, if we look at the statement, it's the most wonderful time of the year from a Christian perspective, that is, wondering or marveling at the birth of Jesus, we can say that Andy Williams is certainly on to something. While Christmas is one of the high points of the Christian church year, it is not considered to be the highest. That honor belongs to the three days of Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. For there, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. He, of course, endured that awful trial and was beaten. He was crucified to serve as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He dies and is buried. When he di- right before he dies, he declares, it is finished. For through his sacrificial and substitutionary act, of dying on the cross, bearing our sin in his body, he has taken away the sin of the world. Satan could not get him to sin. The grave could not contain our Lord Jesus Christ, for he has risen victoriously from the dead, making death dead and life living. Jesus has earned for us forgiveness of sins, and everlasting salvation. And so that time of the church year is the most important time for the Christian. Not just Easter, but Good Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter all combined. And that triumphant joy and the powerful message of salvation is certainly found in the hymns of the church on those three days. We could say that the Easter hymns are unparalleled. But what then do we make of Christmas? Christmas hymns are indeed joyful, and they are more well-known than our beloved Easter hymns. I can sing many of the Christmas carols to shut-ins, and they will sing right along me, knowing them word by word uh, by heart. And like Good Friday and Easter, Christmas, too, is incredibly important. You see, for something wonderful, for something to be wonderful, it must elicit marvel and astonishment or simply be something to marvel, something absolutely astonishing. And that is exactly what happens as we consider the birth, the nativity, the incarnation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When we confess the Nicene Creed, there is one spot where it has been customary to bow. And it's not when we confess that Jesus died or rose from the dead. But the place that we are invited to bow 
is when we confess that Jesus was incarnate by the Holy Spirit to the Virgin Mary and was made man. You may bow during these words because they confess a deep mystery that we simply cannot understand. How can God, the eternal God that we sang about in, the, in our last hymn, become a man? How can God join his divine nature to his creation, to human nature? How can the creator himself become united to his own creation? And yet, when Mary is consoling, singing a lullaby, as we just sang, to her son, the baby Jesus, who is truly a human being, he at the same time as God is sustaining his entire creation. And yet those are things for us to wonder during this most holy season. This is what takes place when Jesus comes into the world as he is conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Our gospel today heightens that mystery, that sense of wonder and astonishment in the way in which our Lord's birth is expressed. While St. Luke beautifully is beautifully written to tell us of the account of our Lord's nativity, God the Holy Spirit guided St. John to speak of our Lord's incarnation in a way that instills wonder. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That Jesus is the eternal Logos, the Word, who not just dwells, makes his habitation among us, but he tabernacles, is what the Greek says, among us. And so when we think about our Old Testament lesson and the account there of Exodus chapter 40 and what God is doing with this tabernacle, now Jesus as God in human flesh tabernacles among us. He makes his dwelling here as our Emmanuel, God who is present through that Old Testament tabernacle now becomes present in human flesh. Such a profound mystery. Last night we listened to the birth of our Lord as recorded in Luke chapter 2. Not a great emperor like Caesar Augustus or a powerful king like Herod or the rich or the famous were informed of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ but instead it was the common shepherds who were keeping watch over their flock by night. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them and announced to them that the Savior is born in the city of David. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made widely known what they had heard and seen concerning this child. Do you remember... What comes next? Of course, different translations vary, but our English Standard Version translates it this way. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They wondered. The usage of wonder here doesn't mean a type of questioning like, 
I wonder how cold it will get this winter. Instead, this usage of wonder is similar to marvel and astonishment at amazing things that have been done. Consider the question that Moses posed after the plagues and after the Passover and after they crossed over the Red Sea on dry ground to safety, Moses then asked, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? We wonder at the wonders of God. Those who heard the shepherds wondered at these wonders of God. It is certainly the most wonderful thing. And so, my friends, pondering the incarnation of the nativity of our Lord certainly brings about much wonder. And so, from this perspective, we can say that it is the most wonderful time of the year. Yet, how much wondering do people still do? Many by their actions suggest that Christmas Day is not for wondering the mysteries concerning the birth of our Lord. Many churches last year, when Christmas Day fell on a Sunday, canceled church altogether on that Sunday because they say that Christmas Day is a family day. And so the kids wake up all excited about what Santa has brought them. With their families, they open presents. They eat food, sit around, perhaps open more presents, eat some more food, play some games or watch something and sit around some more. Little thought is often given about Jesus and his birth. In fact, so many Christmas customs nowadays pull us away from pondering with wonder the events surrounding our Lord's birth. I think children wonder more about the mystery of Santa Claus than they do about the mystery of the Incarnation. It's as if the devil knows how to keep people so busy that they don't take time to meditate on the great mystery of our Lord's Incarnation and all those wonderful things that took place so that our salvation can be complete some 2,000 years ago. So what's the remedy? It starts, of course, by hearing the word and leading a life of repentance. You, my dear friends, are here to hear the word, to sing the wonders of the birth of Jesus. Your presence here shows that you have chosen to go against the modern trends and do what makes the most sense on Christmas Day, which is to go to church. Since everyone wants to explain that Jesus is the reason for the season, and since this is the day that the church has chosen to observe his birth, it certainly follows for Christians to gather in his house on this day. And plus, as members of God's family by baptism, we can look around and we can recognize that this is still a family day because we are all family in Christ. Here is our family. Another way to ponder with wonder our Lord's birth is to read the scriptures. A good practice as families do get together on this day 
is to read the account of the birth of our Lord and to sing the wonderful Christmas carols that speak of our Lord's birth. In today's service, we have replaced all the ordinaries. Those are the portions of the liturgy that remain the same from week to week. The parts that change, like the introit and the scripture readings, are called the propers. But we've taken the ordinaries and replaced them with Christmas carols, Christmas hymns, that match the themes that are found in those ordinaries. This demonstrates that what we're singing is, has much substance and meaning, that these words are powerful and they are true. Of course, many songs associated with Christmas do not say much, and some have nothing to do with the real Christmas. There's many songs about Santa or how cold it is out there or what we're dreaming about. And while those may be fun to sing and, of course, fine, they may get, they, and they may even get our mindset into the reality that Christmas is upon us, we have to recognize that they do not match the true Christmas hymns that truly speak of our Lord's birth. Remember, the gospel is the power of God. And so the Christmas hymns that have this gospel that speak of Christ are also the very power of God. About a half a year from Christmas, we observe the Feast of the Holy Trinity. On that Sunday, we confess the Athanasian Creed. Perhaps we would do well to also confess it on Christmas Day. Why would that be? Doesn't the service get long enough already? Do we really want to speak that long creed? Well, it should be a joy for us to speak about the things of God and his mysteries. But in this Athanasian Creed, we confess, Therefore, whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the Trinity. But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is the right faith that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the same time both God and man. He is God begotten from the substance of his Father before all ages, and he is man born from the substance of his mother in this age, perfect God and perfect man. So not only does this creed rightly confess who Jesus is, especially concerning his incarnation. But it also helps us wonder or ponder or marvel with astonishment of our Lord's incarnation. St. John wrote of Jesus in today's Christmas gospel saying, The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It is really amazing how Jesus is the light of the world, and that Jesus made all things, all things that are made are made through him. And yet, Jesus, who is the eternal Son of God, has joined himself to his creation 
by the way of his incarnation, becoming a man. And now Jesus continues to be both God and man, his human nature inseparably united to his divine nature. And yet Jesus continues to be in our presence even to this day, for he fills all things. Simply astounding. He did all of this and chose to become human flesh despite our rebellion. That is, he is not too ashamed of us. Instead, for the joy that was set for before him, he entered into our world to redeem it by way of the cross, by bearing your sin in his body so that you can be reconciled to God. And so, my friends, as you go on your way this day, as you celebrate with your families or whatever you have planned, remember what you have heard and seen this morning. Remember that you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Marvel, wonder, and ponder these things. For through Christ, you have peace with God and your sins are forgiven. Indeed, it is a most wonderful time, not only of the year, but each Sunday to be in God's house to receive these blessings and marvel, wonder over who he is and what he has done for us and for our salvation. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing our offertory hymn. Thank you.